So today, Hebrews chapter 8. Quick little summary. Hebrews is all about Jesus is more glorious than Abraham. He's more glorious than Aaron and all the Levites. He's more glorious than the angels. He is supreme above all. That's the book of Hebrews. And there's a new covenant and there's a new ministry. So, Hebrews chapter 8, verses 1 and 2. Now, the point in what we are saying is this. Oh, let me just give you that to read. Now, the point in what we are saying is this. We have such a high priest, one who is seated at the right hand of the throne of the majesty in heaven, a minister in the holy places, in the true tent that the Lord set up, not man. And then verse 5, they serve a copy and a shadow of the heavenly things. Just in a nutshell, I want to highlight here. The tent of meeting was originally what Moses had, and the Ark of the Covenant was in it, and that was the most holy place, and it was man-made, and it could, it could break. And then Solomon builds this most incredible temple, so beautiful, so full of wealth and, and magnificence. But it was a temple that man tore down, that man destroyed. Because whatever man makes can fail. Nothing that we make is eternal. And so the writer of Hebrews says, this Jesus, is, he dwells in the authentic realm of God where no one can destroy, no one can corrupt, no one can steal. It's in the eternal heavens because he is spirit. This temple, temple, will never fall. He is a high priest forever and ever and ever. Whereas when we know the temple fell for the second time in Jerusalem, that whole thing, that system was over. So, Hebrews chapter 8, verse 6 now. But as it is, Christ has obtained a ministry that is much more excellent than the old as the covenant he mediates is better. What is that saying? Jesus has a superior ministry to the old ministry, as much superior as the new covenant is over the old covenant. So it's speaking of two things, a ministry and a covenant. Jesus has obtained a ministry that is as much more excellent than the old as the covenant he mediates is better, since it is enacted on better promises. For that first covenant, sorry, if the, if the first covenant had been faultless, there would have been no occasion to look for a second. If the first covenant accomplished everything God wanted and worked, there would have been no need for a new covenant. But there is a new covenant and there's a new ministry. Don't forget the second part. Don't just, don't just go on and on about dancing about the new covenant. There's also a new ministry that pertains to you and me. And that's what we're going to look at this morning. Remember, the first covenant was made between God and man. And the problem with any covenant made between God and man is that man is guaranteed to let you down. And so the first covenant failed because we were unable to fulfill the expectations and commands that God put upon us. But God knew that, didn't take him by surprise, so he always had a better way. But at this new covenant, sorry, this old covenant showed man 
that we were unable to make it ourselves and we needed a savior. So it was a schoolmaster to bring us to Christ. The new covenant is a covenant that God makes with himself, God the Father with his son. And it is a covenant where God has made it with God so it cannot fail. Because Jesus fulfilled everything as he was called to. And so it's a perfect and a complete new covenant, not dependent upon man, but we get invited into it to share in these better promises. And they are way better promises. So let's carry on. New ministry, new covenant. Remember those two things. For he finds fault with them. Who's them? Israel? No, not people. He finds fault with them. What? He found fault with the old covenant and with the old ministry because it was not able to fulfill exactly what he wanted to. So he therefore finds fault with them when he says, behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will establish a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. Not like the covenant that I made with their fathers on the day when I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt. For they did not continue in my covenant, and so I showed no concern for them, declares the Lord. How's that last verse, eh? They did not continue in the covenant, so I said, okay. How many of you know that a covenant only works when two are completely committed to each other? When one is fully engaged and the other one is disengaged, disinterested, and moving away, that covenant does not have power and authority. It's a broken covenant. And so God said, because it's broken, I can't force you, I can't make you do anything, I will make a new covenant and invite you into it. And it's a much, much better covenant. So you say, well, how come God just gave up on them? Well, he is so faithful that he didn't actually give up on them. He said, I'm going to make a new covenant and invite you into that. But you can't expect, surely, you can't expect God to keep on defending you, protecting you, establishing you, providing for you, being kind to you when you've got no interest in following him. You can't expect that. I can't expect Susan to keep just always looking, honoring, loving, caring, if I've got no interest in caring for her, and if I turn around and, and, and care for somebody else. I can't expect that. So God's not harsh. He says, I've got a better way. Let me make a new covenant and a new ministry. Hebrews chapter 8, verse 10 to 12. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days. In other words, this was He's quoting the Old Testament. There's going to be a season of time before Jesus comes. This is the covenant I will make with the house of Israel after those days, declares the Lord. I will put my laws into their minds, and I will write them on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. And they shall not teach each one his neighbor, and each one his brother, saying, you need to know the Lord, for they shall all know me. From the least of them to the greatest, for I will be merciful towards their iniquities, 
and I will remember their sins no more. Wow. What a promise from God. There's a time coming, to quote Jeremiah, when you will be a kingdom of priests. All of you. All of you will be priests. You will all have a new ministry under a new covenant. But there's a time before the Messiah comes. Only when he comes will that begin. You see, the old covenant worked like this, and I'm just going to say it in a little... It's, it's like you were under the commands of God. The commands of God dictated to you how to live. And you were unable to match or live up to those commands. And so from the outside, they imposed a, a standard of righteousness upon you that you kept falling short of and missing the mark and sinning. That's what sinning means, missing the mark. And so you perpetually lived with a sense of, I'm not good enough, I, I, I'm not conf confident before God, I don't have what it takes, a feeling of guilt and shame and condemnation. Look at the new covenant. A time is coming. When my people, now of course in the old it was Israel and the house of Judah and the house of Israel because they'd split because of war. He says, now I'm going to take these people and I'm going to graft in the Gentiles because my, my son will be a light to the Gentiles and the Gentiles will be grafted in and there'll be one people and in these people, in the new covenant and the new ministry, I will write my laws upon their hearts and upon their minds and they will all know me. Yeah. See, in the old way, the high priest was the only one who entered into the most holy. In the old way, the rabbis, the Pharisees, they were the ones who had the knowledge of God. They were the ones who knew God. They were the ones who everybody depended on, and yet to go to them to get instruction. In the new covenant, God says, it's, an, a, better, it's a better covenant with better promises. Every single one of you will know me. Yeah. Not just a few. Not just a few called out ones. Every single one of you who wants to know me will know me. And I will never turn anyone away who comes. And I will no longer impose upon you from the outside a way of living. I will write it on your heart. I will write it in your mind. I know when I became a Christian, I suddenly... In, from inside of me, I would know something was not right. <clears throat> and I didn't want to do it. And then I'd be reading the scriptures and I'd say, ah, there's a scripture that backs up what I was feeling. Because the spirit of God was starting to write in my heart, in my mind, what his will was for my life. Yeah. And every single one of you, without exception, from the least to the greatest, can know God as much as you want to know God. <clears throat> Every single one of us can know God as much as we want to know God and welcome the presence of His Spirit and the writing of His Spirit upon our hearts and our minds. And so no longer do you say, oh, gosh, I've got to run to the rabbi. Oh, gosh, I've got... And the rabbi says, you've got to know God. Don't have to go to anybody to know God. You can know God by the Spirit who writes upon your heart because the Holy Spirit has been poured out upon all flesh. The new covenant has opened up the game where everybody can play. Everybody can know God. And you won't need to go, oh, he, he, no, I can know God. Jesus said it like this, whoever abides in me and I in him 
we will come and we will come and live in you and we will have supper together. Anybody. So we can all know God. We're no longer dependent upon somebody else. It's beautiful, eh? How encouraging is that? But it depends on this. Are you aware of the Holy Spirit who indwells you? Are you conscious of the writing that he puts on your heart and your mind? And are you listening to and engaging with and following that leading of Holy Spirit? Because the sons and the daughters of God are those who are led by the Spirit of God, not by the law, not by the outward commands, but by the writing of the Holy Spirit inside of us. And it's a much better way, this new covenant, but with it comes a new ministry. Because if everybody, let me say this about the Holy Spirit, by the way, just remind me where I was going with that. Everybody is a minister. Um, (laughs) If we are listening to the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit writes on our hearts. Let me tell you something about the Holy Spirit. He's the Holy Spirit. He's not a confused spirit. He's not a one day this, one day that kind of spirit. He reminds us always of Jesus Christ who is the way, the truth, and the life. So some people today are going, oh, the Spirit told me to do this. That Spirit doesn't always, isn't always the Holy Spirit. You can't be led by your Spirit, and you can't be led by another Spirit, but the sons and daughters of God will have the Holy Spirit right upon their hearts and upon their minds. And sometimes we confuse our spirits. We think, oh, no, that's the Holy Spirit, and, and your heart. You know the Bible says about our hearts? Our hearts are deceptive above all things. You can't always trust what you're feeling, but the Holy Spirit you can always trust because he will guide us and lead us into all truth. And Jesus Christ is truth. So we're led by the Holy Spirit who writes upon our hearts. Huh? Everyone's a priest. Thanks for that. So, So now, the beautiful thing is this. If, the, if God is writing on all his children's hearts, that means everybody has a new ministry. Not just the rabbi, not just the priest. Everybody in the kingdom is now a priest. Everybody has a ministry, and it's called a new ministry. So let's confirm what this new ministry is. Hebrews chapter 8, verse 13. In speaking of a new covenant, he makes the first one obsolete. And what is becoming obsolete and growing old is ready to vanish away. I want you to think about that verse. In speaking of the new covenant, he makes the first one obsolete. So the old one is obsolete. Obsolete means it's like like this iPad's becoming obsolete. It looks new. But I try and download updates on apps, and it just says, too old, can't do. So so this is becoming obsolete. When something's obsolete, it doesn't mean it it kind of disappears, vaporizes. It means it just gets put in the cupboard or, or used as a reader as opposed to anything else. Like I spoke about that car. You had that car that worked in 1980. It took you to Cape Town. 40 odd years later, you don't want to just get in that car and drive to Cape Town in it because it's probably not going to take you there. 
The same with the law, the old covenant. It worked for a season, then it gets put in the garage, that car's in the garage. The car's there in the garage. The old covenant is still there. It has been, it's obsolete, but it's being made obsolete. Jesus said it like this, not a letter of the law will pass away until all is fulfilled. But a time is coming when it will completely no longer even be there. But we have no relationship with it. We don't live under it. We are not guarded by it. It's not upon us, forming and shaping us. The Spirit of the Lord is busy at work in our hearts. So in speaking of the new covenant, he makes the first one obsolete. And what is becoming obsolete and growing old is ready to vanish away. So now, if we're going to talk about the new covenant and the new ministry, no better place than 2 Corinthians chapter 3, I think. So here we go. And you show that you're a letter from Christ. These are the people he's writing to, the Christians. Delivered by us, written not with ink, but by the Spirit of the living God. The Spirit will write upon your hearts and your minds. Not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of human hearts. Such is the confidence that we have through Christ towards God. Not that we are sufficient in ourselves to claim anything as coming from us, but our sufficiency is from God who has made us sufficient to be ministers of a new covenant. Now, this is an important verse. God makes us sufficient to be ministers of a new covenant. It's not good enough to just have a new covenant and go, awesome, I'm in. It's like now that you've got a new covenant, you have a new ministry because of the Spirit of God inside of you, and it doesn't depend upon you, but God who qualifies you. Yeah. So God has said, I've made you good, Liv. You can do it. Why? Because my Spirit is in you. Yeah. You don't depend upon yourself. So the question comes in now, what is this ministry of this new ministry of the new covenant. But I want to urge you before I go into that to say, if anything stops us from being ministers, we are deceived because God has taken every obstacle away. He has given us his Holy Spirit. He has qualified you. He has made you sufficient to be a minister of the new covenant. So if I'm afraid or if I'm unsure, if I'm, if I'm not confident to go up to somebody and engage with them, like let's say they're going through a hard time, and I look at them, I see them at work, and I can see they're just crying and they're just a bit sad. If I am afraid to go up to them and say, hey, what's going on? I'd love to listen. And then they share their story with you, and you go, okay, thank you. And you walk away. That's like being a minister. But if you listen to their story, and then you go, hey, can I pray for you? Or, you know, I read this amazing verse, or this is what happened to me in my life once, and you share something of the gospel, you're now becoming a minister of the new covenant. Yeah. And life, the life of the Spirit is now flowing from you towards them. That's the new ministry, yeah. where everybody is called to play in the game. Yeah. No one is excluded because it's not dependent upon you, but the Holy Spirit who lives inside of you. So let's carry on with 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Um, where did I get to? Sufficient to be ministers of a new covenant, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. 
for the letter kills. In other words, the, the command and the laws of God upon your life, they, they kill your life. They suppress your life. They make your life like you feel, ah, I can't do it. But the Spirit gives life, literally. The Spirit gives life. Oh, I can do this. Just to confirm, Paul calls it the law of the Spirit of life. The new covenant is the law of the Spirit of life. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the Spirit of life, this is the new covenant, has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. For God has done what the law, weakened by the flesh, that's our inability to complete it, could not do. God has done it and invited us into it. So the ministry, the new ministry, is one of life. Life flows from me to you. Hope flows from me to you. Anything that supports and sustains life is good. Courage when you're feeling discouraged. Peace when you're feeling anxiety. Joy when you're feeling sad. This is the life of the Spirit, and you have it inside of you. Because the Spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives inside of you. Your body has become His temple, and He writes upon your heart, and He writes upon your mind, and He guides you and He leads you so that you can sleep well at night. No, so you can be a minister of the new covenant. And sleep well at night. You don't have to be a preacher to be a minister of the new covenant. You just got to be you where you are and let the life of the Spirit flow out of you to help other people. That's the ministry of the new covenant. And we all get to play. When I say play, in inverted commas. Let's carry on reading. Will not, uh uh-uh, I forgot to put this one in. Will not the ministry of the Spirit, this is back to 2 Corinthians 3, will not the ministry of the Spirit have even more glory? For if there was glory in the ministry that brought condemnation, the ministry of righteousness must far exceed it in glory. It's a ministry of righteousness. That's two things. That means I am continually made aware of Christ's righteousness. Like that snow that falls upon me, I am forgiven, I am loved, I am beloved, I am accepted, and I'm empowered because of Jesus. Righteousness to me and the spirit of righteousness towards you. In other words, I want to do right by you. I don't want to do you harm. I don't want to do you wrong. I don't want to take from you. I want to give to you. That's the spirit of righteousness. God wants to do right through you to other people. Always both. Hold them together. Um, The ministry of righteousness must far exceed it in glory. Indeed, in this case, what once had glory came to have no glory at all because of the glory that surpasses it. For if what was being brought to an end came with glory, much more what is permanent having glory. Since we have such a hope, we are very bold. So it speaks about a glory in this new ministry of the new covenant. Greater than Moses. Then to end off verse 17 and 18, now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Wow, we are in a covenant that just brings freedom, and because it's the Spirit within us that brings us freedom. And we all with unveiled face, 
beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another, for this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. Can you, can you see? You've got to get over yourself. Don't be a stumbling block to yourself. This comes from the Lord, this ministry. The Lord in you. He does it. So yes, I can. Why? Because the Lord's in me. Yes, I can. Because the Spirit's in me. Yes, I can. Because it doesn't depend upon me. Now let's end off looking at this ministry. You see, Jesus modeled this ministry, friends. You want to know what this new ministry looks like? Just look at Jesus. You know when we sing that song, I behold you, Jesus? It's a little personal thing. When, I, when I'm singing to Jesus, I, I have these flashbacks of what I've read in the Gospels. I remember how he treated that person. Remember what he did there. And it just makes me fall more in love with him because of the way he ministered to people. He never treated people harshly. He didn't judge people. He held people to account. If you thought you were righteous and you were deceived, he'd tell you. But he never put a condemnation upon you. But people who were fallen, people who were broken, people who were ostracized, people who had no future, he ministered life to them. That's the ministry of the new covenant. It's a ministry of life. For it's the law of the spirit of life. So let's look at a few things in closing. Number one, it's less religious and a whole lot more natural. When I say natural, he's supernatural, but it's a whole lot more natural than religious. You know, when it was religious, you, you, you have to do certain things. There's certain traditions and certain ways. And, and, and if you were, oh, I better not go there. If you, if you were um, supposed to do this, then you had to stand like this, and you had to wear this, and then you had to take one step forward, and then you could do this. And if you didn't do that, you couldn't do this. And, and it was all these laws and traditions. Jesus steps into the world, no religion, just ministry of the Spirit. It's encouraging. Secondly, everywhere is good for the ministry of the Spirit. Everywhere. Didn't have to be in a tent. Didn't have to be in the temple. Didn't have to be in the rabbi's home. It can be anywhere, for the Spirit of God is everywhere. And He's in you. So wherever you go, He's there. So you can be a minister of the Spirit anywhere. You don't have to phone me. You can do it. Because it's not dependent upon you, but the Spirit of God within you. And the more we start to be conscious, if we are more conscious of the laws and the commands of God than we are of the Spirit of God, we will never be ministers of the new covenant. I'll say it again. If we are more conscious of the laws and the commands of God, of what I have to do and what I mustn't do, and not more conscious of the Holy Spirit who's at work in us, writing on our hearts and minds, we will never be as powerful ministers of the Spirit as God calls us to. It's the ministry of the Spirit everywhere. I remember I was at the gym here in La Lucia, I don't know, quite a long time back, and there was this guy there who I knew, and he was a Christian, and we got chatting. This was in the Kauai section there. And are we chatting? And he says, my wife is really, really ill, and, and so he's telling me, and he's talking. So I listen, and I say, well, why don't we pray? So he goes, yeah, like now. So I said, yeah. So he goes, okay. And I could see he was a little bit horrified. He's a Christian, by the way. So I said, look, we're not going to hold hands and close our eyes. I'm going to pray like I'm talking to you. Eyes open, 
people are going to think we're just having a chat, and I'm, but, but we're praying. So he says, okay. So I can just check him looking at me. <laughs> so, we, so we prayed. I prayed for his wife, just, just like I did. I said, Father, I thank you in Jesus' name that you are the God who heals. And whatever I prayed, I prayed. When we finished, I said, okay, cool. Um, we walked off. I heard from a friend of his. He told his friend, he says, he says, hey, I met Greg at the gym. And he says, he prayed for me in the middle of Babylon. It's like, like you see, that's, that's a religious mindset. It's like you, you can't mention the name of Jesus in Babylon. No, no. If I was in, in the darkest place, hell, I'd pray. Because Jesus saves anywhere and everywhere. And so everywhere is an opportunity for you to be a minister of the new covenant. Everywhere. Anywhere. Anytime. Thirdly, this ministry is more powerful than the old. The old covenant was able to just cover over your sins for a while, then you'd have to go back again. This ministry is powerful. Not only that we've received, but that we give. You've got to be aware of how powerful God's working in us is. The ministry of the Spirit involves demonstrations of His power. That's what Jesus did. When He encountered something, life flowed, and there was a change. Whether it was a seed of change or whether it was a complete change, life flows, there's a change. And the same with us. This ministry of the Spirit should be confirmed by God doing things through our lives. And hopefully we've all got stories. And, and we're daily making stories or weekly making stories. But we shouldn't have to pull back to a story from five years ago. Should be God in the last month. I remember that. Because it's a ministry of life and power into people's lives. The ministry of the Spirit has even more glory than the old. In other words, there's glory, friends, in what we're doing. It, the ministry of the Spirit brings glory to this marriage, brings glory to our relationships, brings glory to our Sunday gatherings or our fellowship meetings. It brings glory. What is glory? Glory is the radiance of God's presence, the shine. There's something transcendent that comes from God in what we do with each other. And there's glory in it. It's a ministry of righteousness. As I said earlier, I'm right with God, and so by the Spirit of God, I want to do right with you. I want to do right by you. We should be so conscious of the righteousness of God continually because that's what the Holy Spirit does. And it's a ministry of empowerment for all believers. I have, I have labored that. It's a ministry of empowerment, not for some, for all, because on all of you I will write. All of you will be able to have my spirit. And here's the last scripture for the morning. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. But thanks, I think I got it. But thanks be to God, Paul writing, who in Christ always leads us in triumphal procession and through us spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of him everywhere. For we are the aroma of Christ to God. That's a beautiful verse, eh? So what he's saying is this. This ministry, this new ministry that is a part of the new covenant is glorious and the king who did it all for us leads us in triumphal procession. In other words, victory is promised. 
Right now, I might not be seeing victory, but victory will come in the end. It's a triumphal procession. The battle is won. Then look at this verse. And through us, the kingdom of priests, through us, everybody who's a believer, with the spirit of the Lord writes on our heart, through us, he spreads everywhere the fragrance of the knowledge of him. That's our mission, friends. If you're not sure what your mission is, that's your mission. Through us, through you, through me, if you're a believer, you, we are called to spread the fragrance like, ah, oh, it smells good. It smells different to the world. That's not the way the world sounds. That was different. Spreads through us the fragrance of the knowledge of Jesus everywhere. And lastly, this last part of the verse. For we are the aroma of Christ to God. That's a beautiful, beautiful sentence. Think about it. Right now, think of your, your own life. For we who have welcomed this, this spirit in us, we who believe in Jesus, we who have received the new covenant, we are the aroma of Christ to God. So when God smells us, he goes, oh, I smell Christ. Because he's made us righteous. I smell Christ. Doesn't that empower you? I am the aroma of Christ to God. Therefore, I'm very bold to step into the world and let the Spirit of God in me minister out of this new covenant. Everybody gets to play. 